on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, Utica Road. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. As always, you can listen on the ESPN app. That is a great way to take us with you wherever you go. Look, we get it. You're busy. You got things going on. You can't just sit there in your car. You can't just sit there by the radio. You're moving and you're grooving. Well, we can move and groove with you wherever it is you go, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. Anywhere else, though, on the ESPN app, just hit the Listen tab and find ESPN Syracuse, and away you go. And we will go with you. Make that smartphone that much more smarter with the ESPN app. You can now watch the show, too. Oh, that's right. We're on the Facebook. The Facebook Live. Like the ESPN Syracuse Facebook page. And this program and all the shows we do throughout the afternoon, the Daniel Baldwin Show in the booth, Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte, and <sighs> he's got glasses. Um, hmm. Uh, it'll it'll come to me, but you can watch that show and this show and and all of our local programming on Facebook Live. Sup, Facebook. So uh, do that if you please. Here's how you get in touch with the program: four three seven seventy six forty four. That's the phone number. You can hit us on Twitter where the show never stops, Brent Axe Media, or you can uh, use the On the Block text line, 288-0644, the way to get in touch with us there. We have one guest joining us today, Mike McAllister, is going to tell us about Syracuse's new stud running back, Oklahoma transfer, how things are going on the recruiting front, both Syracuse football and basketball-wise, and uh, I'm sure he'll get a word in on his Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Mike will join us at 520. Following Mike's appearance, he'll want to stick around for uh, Top 5 Tuesday and our Top 5 Reasons Why the uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans disgrace their city in celebration of going to the Super Bowl. We'll have some fun with that later in the show. Hot takes coming up later, including uh, LeBron James congratulating himself on something he hasn't even done yet. I'll tell you what that's all about. Is Syracuse lacrosse in a position to charge premium prices, to use that word? We will discuss that later in the program. But we start with uh, Syracuse basketball, of course. And what is intriguing about this matchup against Boston College tomorrow is, well, a couple of things. It's in a stretch run here where Syracuse really needs to get some wins 
It's a week after their last game when they play tomorrow night against Boston College, a rare thing these days in college basketball. Essentially, you get a bye week here, a much-needed bye week for a number of reasons for this team to refocus on fundamentals, some things that you could work on in practice. Jim Beheim saying uh, after the Pittsburgh game last week that they really needed some practice time to kind of recalibrate and get ready for the grind of ACC play. I mean, it is January 23rd already. Not to be that guy because someone's always that guy. I can't believe it's – but I saw something. I was just you know going through some stuff on Twitter today, and I saw an event. I saw somebody who was speaking later this week. Give him a shout-out. Our boy Damon Amendolora is going to be at Syracuse University later this week. And it's like, okay, January 25th. I'll have to go to that when – He's here in like two weeks. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's like Thursday. <laughs> like, we're already ready for the Super Bowl. It's going to be February next week, and the groundhog's going to pop out of the ground. So what I'm trying to say to you is Syracuse needed a break before they really get into the grind of ACC play here with February just around the corner here, but a important stretch of games where you get Pitt, BC tomorrow, Pitt again, Georgia Tech after that, and then – Virginia comes to the Dome, and February is full of games where Syracuse is going to have to win up. They're going to have to upset people. They're going to have to beat teams that are ranked, that are high in ACC rankings, and are just flat-out good teams. That's when the Dukes and the North Carolinas, Virginia again, and the teams that are above Syracuse in the ACC really start showing up on the schedule. So it is important to beat teams that you can beat, particularly at home, Boston College, I would put in that category, though Boston College is a team that loves to shoot threes, and they get near 40% of their scoring from the three-point range. You want to talk about a team, to use a cliche alert, lives and dies by the three-pointer. It is certainly Boston College with Jerome Robinson, who's hitting near 48% from three-point range, leads the ACC in scoring at 22 points per game. Kai Bowman, Jordan Chapman, Guard play, shooting threes, 39% of their points come from the three-point line. But what really intrigues me about this matchup tomorrow is this. We found somebody who uses their bench less than Syracuse, and that list is very short. As a matter of fact, there's only two teams in the entire country that use their bench less than Syracuse does, and for obvious reasons on the Syracuse front, they just don't have the depth. Lost Torian Thompson, lost Geno Thorpe, injuries, you know, Barama, Sidibe just getting back in the flow of things and players that they've been cautious with due to injury. I mean, you know why Syracuse doesn't go very deep. So when you see a stat that Syracuse, according to Ken Pomeroy and KenPom.com, is 349th in the country in bench play. And again, this is where stats are not necessarily for losers, but where stats can kind of get misconstrued, right? That sounds really bad. Syracuse is 349th in the country in bench play. See if I say it with a deep voice like this and make it sound ominous. We should have like some ominous music playing right now. Oh my goodness, this is really bad, right? It makes it sound awful. Well, we know why Syracuse isn't deep. And that may affect them going forward here, particularly against some of the teams that I brought up. But, you know, you got you to gotta fight with what you got. You got to dance with the girl you brought to the prom, right? And Syracuse is a team that, well, it's not very deep. 
But we found a team that's 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 worse than them. Boston College is 350th in the country in bench play. So what I like about tomorrow's game is it's just mano y mano. Excuses are out the door. Well, look at this team Syracuse played. They go nine deep. They go ten deep. They are rotating, and boy, they they've got eight guys that are. I mean, we have heard that from certain teams that Syracuse has played. It not only league play, but beyond league play. And it's always a concern. It's something you at least have to bring up. Not Boston College. It's just, here's what they are. Here's what Syracuse is. May the best team win. I really like that about this game tomorrow. I'm curious to see how the week off applies in terms of how fresh Syracuse will be, how they defend those shooters. Will Rust take over? I'm particularly intrigued to see if Tyus Battle who needed some rest and needed to refocus a little bit, will start faster. Now, you want a player to to really be on his best in the second half, but you can't always take, and it doesn't take the first half off, don't take it that way, but Tyus Battle is proven through this season he's a slow starter. And a lot of that comes because teams are in his face defensively, and as the game goes along, he's got to adjust, right? But when you're the key guy, this just in, defenses are going to focus in on you. So I'm curious about that to see if Frank Howard continues to lead this team the way that he does. You know, you're not going to make Pascal Chukwu into a warrior in a week, but something that Jim Beheim said off of last game, I'm as curious as anybody to see what they've been doing to make Pascal Chukwu tougher, more aggressive. Think of what Beheim said after their last game. He's got to be more assertive inside. He's got to play mean. He's got to be a guy that, and look, you're seven foot two. You know, Pascal can certainly, you know, he's not the, the in terms of somebody who, I mean, he's not going to win any weightlifting competitions, but my man's in shape. He's getting bigger. He's seven foot two. He takes up a lot of room in there. He's got to act like it. I'm with Beheim on that. But players are a certain way, people are a certain way. You can't just point a finger at practice and say, hey, you, be mean. Like it, it takes time to have somebody develop a style or something that they're not used to. But in in the short term, he, you know, and you got to be careful with this too, because you know, Pascal Chukwu is somebody you don't want in foul trouble generally, whether he plays nice or plays mean, and you know, there are times he can do that, but he's got to assert himself there. You know, we mentioned Barama, he had a little more time to heal up and you know, kind of getting the flow of things. Everybody needed this break, but now you get back into it, and it's grind time, and it's a mono e mono game against Boston College, a team that can hit threes. And I'll tell you, other than North Carolina, they got beat by North Carolina by about 30 points. Boston College is an irritant. Boston College is, they're a pesky team. They have given a lot of teams on their schedule trouble. They just played Louisville in their last game, and you look at that final score, and it was 77-69, to and you look through that game, and Louisville was in control, but they also lost a big lead. Boston College kind of fought back in that game. When you can shoot the three, like BC, you're never out of any game. And you look up and down BC's schedule, they beat Duke, which is impressive. They beat Florida State, which is impressive. So if you are a team in Syracuse that comes out tomorrow, and you're flat, if the crowd is flat, if it's just one of these games where it takes you a while to get the engine cranking, before you know it, BC could have you on your heels and having to make another comeback. 
So I'm curious about that, too. The students are back in town. BC is not the sexiest game in the world. But, you know, it just, I'll say this. Everybody seemed like they just kind of needed that break. The team needed that break. The fans got a weekend off. You could focus on football and, like, say hello to your family again and do some things. But now we're back in the flow of it. And how Syracuse responds, what kind of team they are from this point forward, how they handle their lack of depth and some of the things that we mentioned. You know, giddy up. And there's a good test at the Dome tomorrow. Frankly, a test that I think is, you know, ACC games are always tough and nobody's in, you know, you don't mark off anything as just routine. But it's not quite in the market down as a win category like maybe I thought it would be. And BC's been awful in recent years. They have an offer on the recent schedule. Went through an entire ACC slate and did not win a game. But this is a different BC team than what we've seen. And they're fun to watch. And we we have seen what Kai Bowman alone can do to Syracuse. So, giddy up. They're back at it tomorrow. We'll have pre- and post-game coverage right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, and we'll get back in the flow of things, baby. We're going to break right now. You're welcome to join the party, as always, at 437-7644. I actually have a lacrosse note to bring up because I saw something interesting about lacrosse today. And, yeah, that's going to be back in the conversation soon. There's a yin and a yang to what I'm about to tell you about with lacrosse. There's something that is obvious that, you know, should have never been something that they had to correct, and then there's something I'll be as curious as anybody to see what the response is. So that's my tease. We'll discuss that next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Don't go anywhere. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. It is presented by SRC Incorporated. SRC is doing great work to protect us and our war fighters. They need your help, too. SRC is growing and looking for software or systems engineers. That sound like you? You can apply at SRCINC.com. There's some hot takes coming up here, but first we will talk to our friend Steve in North Syracuse on the block at 437. 7644. Steve, how are you, bud? I'm fine and uh, very encouraged that we were able to pick up a guy like uh, Abdul Adams from Oklahoma. I've been watching uh, highlights of him from Oklahoma where he had a 99-yard touchdown run this past season. and Also from high school, he looks like he's got uh, power and uh, elusiveness and speed all in, in the same package. Uh, and he was their starter until until he got hurt, and then they had two other five-star type guys that kind of took over the position, so he decided to come here. Uh, one of the things that's been talked about is uh, the transfer rule, and of course he'd have to sit out next season and play for us in 2009 under the current rules, but there's been talk about uh, eliminating the rule that you have to sit out a season under certain circumstances, uh, grade point average and things. And I, I don't know what his academic record is like, but I think it's interesting that he's enrolled in Syracuse for the spring semester so he can take part in spring drills. Now, uh, if he were coming here expecting to sit out a year, I don't know that it would be critical that he would show up now to take part in spring drills now. That almost suggests to me that he expects this rule to change and he might qualify for, for next year. So my questions are, one, do you think that's a possibility? Two, uh, what, what do you think is the likelihood of 
them changing the rule, and three, is it a good thing that they're changing the rule, or is it a bad thing? One, I don't think it's a possibility for Abdul. I don't know if he would fall under the rule in terms of if it changed. I think he got in before it. So I don't think so is my answer to that. Two, Steve, I absolutely believe this is going to happen. When these things get proposed and put out there and discussed to the length that this one has, that transfer rule is going to change. Three, I think it's a great thing. Now, I will say this kind of in addition to this being a great thing. There has to be some kind of incentive. I'm for, all right, is there an academic level you have to reach? What do you own? Can you only do it once? Like if you just let players bounce all over the place, then you have chaos. But I think they should be allowed to transfer and not have to sit out a year considering that coaches can just walk wherever they want and get back to work the next day. It's only fair. I'm in favor of it, and I think it will happen. Great call as always, Steve. Let's hit that fancy open and do some hot takes. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. So did you see that Bob Costas is not doing the Olympics? Well, we knew that, right? But he's also not doing the Super Bowl, which was interesting, because we know that Mike Tirico is doing the Olympics, so therefore he can't do the Super Bowl now that he's at NBC Sports. And it was announced that Bob Costas would fill in hosting the Super Bowl. Well, that's not the case. As our friend Liam McHugh told us on Friday, I didn't realize it at the time, by the way, but was kind of breaking that news on this show that he and Dan Patrick would host the Super Bowl pregame show. So you say, well, where's Costas? Well, there's a thought that because Costas has been very critical of the NFL recently that they kind of slid him out and slid in Liam and Dan. Look, I'm here to tell you, and I'm not just saying this because Bob's a Syracuse guy or I know Liam or any of this stuff. I'm here to tell you, Bob Costas was not taken off coverage of that pregame show or any show because of his critical comments about the NFL. Rest assured, if NBC wanted him there and he wanted to be there, he would be there. He's Bob freaking Costas. Costas, in the statement that he gave to Sports Business Journal, and I think this is just what it is. Liam and Dan have been doing it all year, and Costas didn't feel right kind of parachuting in and taking the gig. Now, Costas is very polarizing these days. He's very liberal views. And look, I don't want to say too much from this event because, you know, we kind of went to this event with the guys that we wouldn't talk about it publicly, but Costas did a forum at Syracuse a couple of months ago. And in that forum, he made no bones about his uh opinions and his thoughts about football and where the sport is going and how he has completely kind of removed himself from covering football. So I think this was his choice. This was not an NFL thing. Get that guy out of there because he's been critical of us. And people will speculate about that, and that's fine. You can do that. But rest assured, Liam's doing the pregame show because Liam earned it. But if Bob wanted to be there, Bob would be there. That's hot. Nothing more, nothing less. You could put your, it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's You could put your speculation away on that one. More drama in the NBA. What did I tell you? What did I tell you on this show the other day? The NBA has 
a perfect representation of the reality show culture that we live in today. So let's go through these uh, quickly here. So Kevin Love apparently got sick Sunday. He didn't go to a practice Monday. Then there was this huge team meeting. Everybody, it was like a January version of Festivus. Everybody's airing out their grievances. I don't know if there were feats of strength or any of that stuff. Maybe there was wrestling. I don't know. But the Cavaliers, who, by the way, have lost, what, six of their last ten. They have given up and lost their last few national television broadcasts by 89 points. They gave up 148 points. Oklahoma City the other night in that game that we're mentioning that Kevin Love left early. There's problems in Cleveland. Now, do I think they're going to fix these problems and be right back in the NBA Finals against Golden State? Yes, I do. And I know how good Boston is, and I know even Toronto's up there, but I'm putting my money on Cleveland being right back where they should be. LeBron James today also um, sent an Instagram message to his younger self congratulating himself on scoring 30,000 points. Uh, See, the thing with that is LeBron hasn't scored 30,000 points yet. By the way, I'm going to have like kind of a mini roundtable in studio about this later, but can you congratulate yourself on something like that? And can you congratulate yourself on something you haven't even done yet? I need a ruling on that one. Uh, Also, LaMarcus Aldridge has requested a meeting with the owner of the Portland Trailblazers. He wants out. Jason Kidd was fired by the Milwaukee Bucks, but apparently the Greek freak tried to save his job there. And all this stuff gets out there, and it gets leaked, and Adrian Wojnarowski and all the NBA insiders, they know all the dirty laundry. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, everything in between. The NBA is a reality show. They do it better than almost any professional sports league in the world, the NFL included, and they're reaping the benefits from it right now. That's hot. Congratulating yourself. Congrats, LeBron. 30K. You haven't gotten there yet. And finally, uh, so apparently, and I know everybody's made this joke today, but how can I not? So remember that A-Rod once replaced Aaron Boone in the New York Yankees lineup. Now A-Rod is going to replace Aaron Boone in the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball booth. Now there's two things about this. One, it's a great booth. Matt Vaskersian, once the voice of the Syracuse Chiefs, by the way, and a great national baseball broadcaster, is going to team with Jessica Mendoza and A-Rod in the ESPN Sunday Night booth. And A-Rod is actually going to get to keep his gig on Fox, too. He's going to do postseason stuff on Fox. So it's a sharing of talent between ESPN and Fox, which is, you know, for media nerds, that's a very interesting story in and of itself. To add to that, though, isn't this amazing how the A-Rod rehab tour has gone? I mean, it wasn't that long ago when he was, like, he had the scarlet letter in baseball. He was the steroid guy. He was the shamed guy. The Yankees wanted nothing to do with A-Rod. Now the guy's got Sunday Night Baseball, the premier broadcast gig. He's on Fox on their pregame show and their postgame show and their studio coverage, which is really good. He's dating J-Lo. Oh, by the way, he still has all that money that he made playing baseball. I mean, look, that image was stained for a long time, but now... 
America loves a good old comeback story, don't they? You couldn't get you couldn't be better than A Rod right now. I mean, give it to him right now. That's hot. That's A Rod right now. Who doesn't want to be that guy? I mean, four years ago he was a pariah. Now he's the man. It's funny how this stuff works. It really is. And by the way, I've said this a hundred times on the show. He's really good. Look at the last two years. A Rod and Tony Romo have come on the scene. It just goes to show you, you got to freshen up those booths once in a while and, and give somebody who's got a recent perspective. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we can really get broadcast nerdy here. There's a lot of reasons they make these decisions. But about your boy A Rod, Sunday night baseball. I mean, has A Rod reached that uh, men want to be him, women want him status? I think so. I think so. I think he kind of always had that, and then he lost it, and then he got it back in a big way. He's he's on Timberlake level here. Is he performing with Justin Timberlake at halftime of the Super Bowl? I mean, I think that's next. We'll talk more SU hoops coming up. We'll talk to Mike McAllister coming up. Learn all about this transfer from Oklahoma and Syracuse's latest recruiting news, and I'm sure Mike will get a word in about his Eagles as well. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.